Good, beautiful morning to all of you beautiful motherfucking people. I absolutely love you guys. You guys are fucking beautiful. Don't you ever fucking forget that. Ever. Anybody got a fucking problem with that and anybody ever fucking tell you otherwise, you tell them come talk to the bear. Nobody fucks with a bear. Damn it. (laughs) Uh, It's been brought to my attention. I'm going to bring this up front right now. It's been brought to my attention pretty much... I'd say most of my adult life, but definitely within the last two to three years, I drop a lot of F-bombs. And quite frankly, I'll tell you four words that will change your life, literally. Not my fucking problem. (laughs) I say that with the most love and respect. Um, But when it comes to the word fuck, you know, my grandfather told me many years ago, We got on the topic of cursing. I was drunk one night, and he was trying to talk some sober sense into me. Of course, I was young and wasn't going to listen. My grandfather was a very well-educated man in, fuck, everything he put his hand on or mind in. Very well-educated. And we were having this conversation, and somehow we got on the topic of women and cursing. And he was just, he was not disgusted by the fact that women curse. I mean, he obviously is my grandfather. I'm 33 years old. He was a couple of years older, obviously. So he grew up in a different generation. He was not disgusted about women cursing. He was disgusted by everybody cursing consistently. Not, you know, dropping the occasional shit or bitch or whatever, you know, because my grandfather, on occasion, (laughs) he dropped some words. But he was disgusted because he had a very extensive vocabulary, very, very extensive use of words, and very sophisticated and intellectual words. His sense of humor was beyond fucking, I mean somehow we connected, I really don't know, but to listen to him speak, you could tell he was very well spoken, very well thought with his words. I mean, he was straight out through and through gentleman from the word go. Anyway, he was disgusted that people consistently use curse words. He said, because out of the entire English language, with all the billions of words and ways that you can use them and more robust and dramatic and philosophical ways you can actually word things to mean more of what you're trying to say, people degrade themselves and use curse words. Now, I was brought up in two different homes. I had a mother and a father in in two different uh, households. My parents were divorced. My father's belief was no cursing until you're like ever. And my mother's belief was, you know, you want to be 18 and do it? Go for it. I think I was like 16 when I started. I take that back. She didn't care as long as you didn't say fuck or bitch. And you definitely didn't say fuck or bitch in front of any elderly people in 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 the family. But it was okay to drop a shit and ass or hell you know, depending on situation, but it couldn't be all the time. 
So I grew up in a very wide range of acceptable and not acceptable when I could swear. When I hit 18, I literally just said, fuck it, I don't speak and do whatever I fucking want. Anyway, um, for me personally, I just fucking speak what's on my mind. Now, a few years ago, I started, uh, I've always talked my entire fucking life, henceforth the podcast. I fucking love this damn thing. I mean, it's, it's, fuck, I love this damn thing. But a few years ago, uh, I decided to actually put my mouth to good use, if you will. Uh, no sexual pun intended. Quite frankly, I don't give a fuck how you take that. <laughs> anyway, my entire life, I've always talked shit. And I was always that guy that had to constantly be fucking saying something. It, it, it comes from what this topic is going to be about. It's called Distracted Living, this episode. And so I was always talking about stupid shit. I mean, if there was a, a silence, I'd be talking about the fucking ashtray and how many cigarette butts were in it or, or why it's fucking 441 in the fucking morning or any fucking thing. And when I was talking, it was nothing but fucking bullshit. So a few years ago, I decided to start learning who I was, why I was, and, and learning me. Um, I went through an experience that brought me to a very, very low point in my life. And, I, and I'm fucking glad for it because I would not be here today. I'm, I'm glad for my entire fucking life. I wouldn't be where I'm at right now in this fucking moment recording for your beautiful asses without my life being the way it was. But, uh, so I started looking, and my brother was was helping me along the way <clears throat> in the aspect of, I used to be a very negative, hateful, self-sabotaging son of a bitch, and my brother was, was doing his best to help uplift me. And I was watching, I think it might have been an Instagram, you know, little video clip or whatever, but Something about speaking to audiences, and it clicked. You know, since then, I mean, obviously you can't just jump right into fucking motivational speaking or some shit like Tony Robbins or Gary Vee or any other person that you follow. You can't just jump right into it and expect to sell out crowds or anything. The biggest thing I learned along the way was talk value. Gary V had, actually I take that back, it was, it was Gary V. <clears throat> it was a video from Gary V. It was uh, actually right before I noticed uh, Instagram TV. I don't know how long that's been out, but it was right before I paid attention to it. And it was about two years ago. Um, he had this, this little one minute video and it was talking about, if you're going to be controversial, add value. I mean, if you look up Gary Vee, any video you see with him, I mean, he's dropping F-bombs, don't fucking care, fuck them, blah, 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 blah. And so, I actually, at that point, I did start paying more attention to Gary Vee. And, you know, I saw a why. It was split right down the middle. 50% of what I watched, people loved him. The other half, they fucking hated him. And it was about his mouth. And... It really boosted my confidence because I really don't give a shit about 
what I fucking say as far as curse words. To me, they're just literally fucking words. The only value they have is the value to which you take from that. So as far as the conversation goes, it is my responsibility to watch what I say. As far as, am I actually speaking my truth? Something I'm passionate about and something I truly feel is adding value to your life. No matter how the fuck it comes out. As long as it is truthful and adding value. After that, it's not my responsibility to matter, or I mean to care if you get butt hurt, offended, or no matter how you take it. That's where communication comes in. Oh, hey, Bear. So you said this one thing at this one time, blah, 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 blah. This is how I took it. What was your perspective? Oh, okay. Well, thank you. Now I'm glad you brought that up. Blah, blah, blah. Um, going back into words, well, staying on the topic of words, from that moment, it really put a different perspective on wording for me. You know, I started trying to figure out why well, well, the more I watched people, sorry, I'm skipping ahead here in my own head. The more I started watching these influential speakers that I watched, the more I started noticing that they were dropping more F-bombs and this, that, and the other thing. They were literally speaking their fucking mind. So I was also dabbling in psychology at that point. You know, I like to say, how do I say it? No, I'm not. I'll say this. I like psychology because it helps me understand myself. And yes, I do get confused and really fucked up and foggy and, you know, it gets pretty gnarly in my head like all of you can fucking relate. But after I work some shit out, you know, take my little butt hurt emotions out of it, you know, because I'll butt hurt myself and then I'm good. But learning psychology for me, I've always hated it, but... I've learned to love it because it really does help me understand myself. So I started digging into the psychology of speaking because there was a, a YouTube video I was watching on how to set up and you know keep the audience involved and blah, blah, blah. One of them was, you know, one of the videos I was watching talking about people saying the F word, the psychology behind wordplay is what basically it came out to be. So, for example, if I'm talking to a group of church-going elderly people, most would consider not saying curse words and would consider speaking in a more soft tone, a more not-so-abrasive kind of language, if you will, not-so-blunt. That's bad, simply because you are robbing yourself of really speaking your own fucking mind. It's not your responsibility to care how people take it. It's your responsibility to care how you give it. And if you're giving it from a place of truth, a place of, of real authenticity, that's all that fucking matters. People are going to be butthurt. People are going to get offended. It's not your fucking responsibility to give a fuck. But the psychology behind wordplay... You know, it's like I, I'm, I also do quite a bit of writing. 
and my brother's constantly telling me, you know, check out this link and check out this and read this and watch this, all at bettering my skills with writing. Now, this is one of those dark areas. I looked at it like, dude, you can't do that because now you start to manipulate shit. If you word it like this, then I'm avoiding how I want it to come out. And it's, it's some form of prescribed response. It's a.k.a. manipulation. No, it's not. It's reaching your audience better. It's not being fake. It's not being not authentic. It's allowing yourself to become more self-aware and actually portray what you're trying to say with exactly what, like my grandfather said many years ago, use your fucking words, basically. <laughs> um, the psychology behind dropping the F-bomb, if you're talking to a group of churchgoers, if you want people to pay attention, you need to say things that's going to actually grab their attention. So I can sit here and talk about Donald Trump all fucking day long. Truth of the fucking matter is, you are all fed Trump bullshit no matter where you go in this fucking life. Or, or no matter where you go in the United States. No matter the TV you turn on, the radio, social media feeds, subliminal, uh, subliminal messaging... Shit your subconscious picks up. Your buddy talking about it. I can sit here and talk about Trump all day long. It doesn't matter if it's true, bullshit, whatever. You're fed up with it. Fuck that bullshit. You don't care about it no more. And even if you do care about it, there's part of you that really don't give a fuck about it. Because it's, it's constantly overfed. So I need to say things that will actually grab your attention. So going back to that church group you're talking to, I would be talking to. Dropping an F-bomb is going to grab somebody's attention. Now, I'm not saying you've got to start swearing by no means, no. But there is a psychology behind it. And it also comes from being able to read not only, you know, as a speaker, not only the audience to which you're talking to, but when it comes to even the simple conversation you have with your spouse, your significant other. Understanding that... You are understanding how they are reacting to what you're saying. And it also comes from, first and foremost, communication. But understanding how somebody's reacting to what you're saying gives you a better understanding of how to speak. For example, I talk to you guys in my authentic self. Somebody out there is going to listen to this and somebody's going to get a shit ton from this. It's not my responsibility to give two flying fucks who it is. Now, if we were talking on a more personal level, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll use it the, the most clearest fucking example I can. Black and white. <laughs> Clear as fucking day. Now I've got your fucking attention because we talk impossible racism. Now you're trying to tune in to see if this, this white motherfucker is going to say some kind of nasty shit. Oh my God. If I'm talking to a white person, doesn't matter male or female, I talk a certain way. Be I talk in a relatable manner to them. They will understand what I'm saying. Both black and white person will understand what I'm saying, obviously, if they speak English. However, if I'm talking to a black person, I talk in a little bit different. 
It also comes from reading that person. But I'm not trying to say I'm racist here. Or I'm like, I'm a different, you know, uh, I speak differently to everybody. No, but what I'm trying to show you is, is speaking different to allow yourself to be portrayed better. For example, you know, if black and white is not good enough, you're not going to sit there and have a fucking conversation with your five-year-old child about quantum mechanics and quantum physics and metaphysics and astro or astrology and and fucking all kinds of shit like that they're five goddamn years old and you're not going to have your five-year-old child's conversation with a person that can understand quantum physics and mechanics and so on and so forth like that see what i'm saying that's what i'm trying to say you you Learn through words how to portray yourself as authentically as you can in order to be or in order to come across in the most un- understanding way. Now that we've gotten the fuck scenario out of it, we're going to talk about distracted living. If that wasn't a fucking distraction already, distracted living. It's, it's it's almost a hard thing to understand simply because I still find out more and more every day things that I distract myself with. And it, and it goes far past the bounds of just cigarette or drugs or alcohol. It's your thoughts, your subconscious, your conscience, and it goes into even the fucking DNA. Okay, so... When you start thinking DNA and subconscious, you start immediately losing the idea or thought or notion that you have control over it, which is a total bullshit lie, because you do have control over it. Distracted living, there are many things for a distraction, many things, but the part I'm going to explain on this, and I'm going to use anxiety as the explanation for this I've had anxiety my entire life but I did not realize it yeah so I'm like one of them crazy fucked up people that was blessed because I didn't realize how crazy fucked up I was (laughs) and yes I am making light of anxiety why because everybody's got a form let me rephrase that everybody has a level of anxiety those that have it severely bad don't like to have their anxiety be made fun of. I'm not making fun of their anxiety personally. I am making fun of anxiety, period. I believe if we actually take the term anxiety and make fun of it, it doesn't make it such a scary thing to deal with no more. You don't need fucking medication. I'm not saying don't do it. Fuck, I lived on Prozac for fucking six months. It finally got to a point where I just knew I could do something about it. And I did, somewhat. My anxiety was so bad, like, literally, words and numbers would would move on the paper. I mean, it, it was that fucking crazy. Got to the point where I couldn't even talk. Like, blah, 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 literally. I mean, it, I couldn't even hear in English what the fuck somebody was saying to me. And... and what I mean by that is, is like, literally, I'd be looking at you, and I could not understand the words coming out of your fucking mouth. I mean, it got pretty bad. Uh, my first panic attack was, uh, 
September 13th, September 12th of 2013, three days after my son was born. I had my first panic attack, didn't even know what the fuck it was. I threw it off as probably drunk or dehydrated because shit, I didn't eat or drink other than alcohol when I was in the hospital waiting for uh, my son to come home. I couldn't see, I had, I mean, it, the tunnel vision got so bad I blacked out. I felt like my fucking heart was going to pop out of my goddamn chest. I, I literally felt like I was going to die. My body went numb and then it started hurting. Oh, it was horrible. Next one I had was quite a few years later. And it was like almost an every other day thing. Just, I started having them. It got to the point where literally, like I've told you guys, I've spent two and a half uh a few years ago, I spent two and a half years in and out of the hospital, more time in the hospital. It got to the point with my anxiety and my manic, depressive, whatever, I don't even know medical terms, I don't remember them. Fucking doctors rattled off a shit ton of them. It got to the point where every time I went to the hospital, the doctors would literally put me in a drug-induced coma. Literally for no less than 48 hours and when I started to say I was having a panic attack they would load me up with all kinds of fucking drugs and then I would be so disoriented I really wouldn't know what was going on but I'd wake up from another fucking 48 hour drug induced coma it got that fucking bad I went through a, a breakup two years ago was it two years ago? That was a year ago. Yeah, it was just over a year ago. Rattled me to my fucking core, which was a beautiful thing, not going through it. It sucked asshole. I remember I had a panic attack at work so fucking bad that I literally disappeared from work for two hours. Don't tell the old company I used to work for that because it will probably make me reem or pay back the two hours that I was hiding. I found a stack of parts, and I hid behind them for two fucking hours. It, it was horrible, absolutely horrible, but it was a very defining moment. And this was what really helped me understand about distracted living. Anxiety attacks, in my perspective, in my experience, come from a lack of understanding self. There is an imbalance within you. That's why I do believe the doctors are correct. You know, anxiety, bipolar, schizophrenia, uh, depression, it's all a chemical imbalance. It is true. However, you have the ability to correct that imbalance through proper dieting, through proper thought process, through proper living. And whatever proper living is to you something that's going to make you better that's what it's going to take i can't tell you what you know what you need to do doctors think they can tell you what you need to do and don't get me wrong they got a pretty good pretty good guess and pretty good idea but you need to take the responsibility to also help your own fucking self through this last i say i say last but shit i had a I had two anxiety attacks here recently, but they were beautiful. They were fucking beautiful. Yes, I just said that. An anxiety attack, and they were fucking glorious. 
No sarcasm involved. They truly were. The panic attack that I had in at work about a year ago, so fucking horrible, I literally got to the point where I stopped breathing. It was so difficult to actually grasp for breath. It was horrible. But in that moment, I understood I wasn't allowing myself to feel the pain of the most recent breakup I'd been through. Through, you know, and I, it started calming me down. Now, don't give me work. Grounding techniques do help. You know, touching something cold, rubbing your hand, breathing, you know, thinking happy thoughts, even though you don't feel happy. I understand, you know, grounding techniques do work. But you need to understand, you need to do what you need to do, not what everybody else tells you to do. Don't get me wrong, you need to experiment with this process. Okay, so for me personally, I faced my hell. Now, not everybody can do that. I'm not discrediting anybody or speaking in a condescension kind of way. I didn't use the grounding techniques. I didn't understand or even know what the grounding techniques were up until about six months six months ago. I was doing some research on anxiety, how to help people with it through the techniques that I have learned. And that's when I stumbled across grounding techniques. And I'm like, well, what the fuck is this? Are you fucking serious? Whoa. Well, I hadn't had a panic attack, so I couldn't, use, couldn't experiment with them. Anyway, when I started understanding that I was not allowing myself to feel the pain from the breakup. It helped calm me down. And it actually, what I did is I told myself she's never coming back. And that immediately made it fucking worse. But it's almost like it hit the throttle and ran out of gas. It, it's about the only way I can really explain it. That, that's my method. That worked for me. When I started calming down. You know, I went back to work, and when I finally got home, I allowed, I threw myself into a panic attack. You know, I allowed myself to think all kinds of crazy bullshit things. She's coming back. We're going to fix it. No, we ain't. Oh, my God. I should have said this. Oh, my God. I allowed myself to spin myself out of control so I could feel the emotions and actually tell myself in that critical moment, she ain't coming back, and I need to handle this fucking shit. And... It allowed me to break down. Through that, excuse me, I understood that there was deeper issues that I had not dealt with. Each issue that I uncovered, yes, this is going to take time. The amount of time is based on the amount of effort that you're willing to put into bettering yourself. It could take 30 years. It could take three fucking minutes. I don't know how long it's going to take you. But I can tell you, changing your life, understanding yourself and bettering yourself, it's a lifelong fucking process. Process, And people don't like to commit to something for fucking life. Especially themselves. It's because you don't know your own value. I had to dig as far back as my childhood as I could possibly go to understand where my anxiety come from and why it was basically not necessarily active throughout my life 
through that, I did find out it was active through my life. It's just I never understood what it was. I thought it was just part of me. When I'd get severely stressed, severely pissed off, whatever. When I started putting two and two together and doing the math, I was having two and three massive anxiety attacks a day. What that shows you is how completely out of control I was with inside of myself. An anxiety attack comes from many different things. I mean, psychology will tell you, science will tell you, everything will tell you it comes from a million and one different things. So does depression. So do panic attacks, bipolar, everything. They come from a billion different things. They are all treatable. And by treatable, I mean you can correct them yourself. It took me four months to finally get to a point where I did not have any more panic attacks. Through that process, I learned what was going on was I was distracting myself from my fucking life. So when it comes to back then talking about an emotional or not an emotional, but talking about a relationship because I had made the choice to stay single. I didn't want to talk about a relationship because why? Well, my face value bullshit answer was I don't have to because I'm single. I don't want a girlfriend. I had to answer myself, and this is where a lot of people don't like to face because it does mean you have to call yourself out. I stood in front of my mirror and I said, why don't I want a girlfriend? I actually, I actually had to come up with answers. The more I did this, the more I understood that how severely distracted I was. Sitting down, I would fidget, I would tap, I would bang on the table, I would be thinking of anything and everything other than what I should be thinking about. And by should, I mean what is going to progress your life. What, what, what little things do you need to be doing right now that are going to actually progress your life financially through love, through spiritual, through health, through all of it. I can't answer that. Nobody can answer that but you. And like I said, it took me four months to get to the point where I didn't have any panic attacks. I would purposely allow myself to fuck myself up emotionally and mentally just to see if I would actually have a panic attack. I would sit and think about every goddamn detail about my ex and nothing would happen. What that taught me was, is to be secure in yourself, you need to not allow emotions, or not allow yourself to attach to emotions and thoughts. They are literally just that, thoughts and emotions. That's it. You attach yourself to those. They come from many different things. Expectations, which are bad. Repressed feelings, which are bad. Insecurities, self-doubts, they all come from lack of something within self. Going to the glorious part about the uh, anxiety. Uh, What the hell was I... I don't remember exactly... I don't remember the first one. I know I had. I just don't remember what it was that set me off and what I learned from it. The second one happened... uh, Actually, it was about two months ago. At work, freaking the fuck out, 
and I caught myself within like 10 minutes. I, you know, I could, I was talking to my foreman and all of a sudden that's what caught me. That's what, that's what made me aware of it. I could not understand what my foreman was saying. And I was so fucking happy. So fucking happy because it's, it got to a point after I, I quit having panic attacks and anxiety attacks or both of them or whatever they are. Anyway, it got to a point after I stopped having them, I couldn't throw myself into one. And it wasn't because I was like distracting myself or anything. It's just I literally could not throw myself into one. <laughs> so I kind of got upset because I was having fun experimenting with the process, watching what my body was doing, how I was reacting to things, how my thoughts were going, how everything about me was reacting so I could spot one and then I could either try A, what I've tried in the past to see if it works on this experience or maybe try something new. It became a game. It became fun because ultimately I was learning myself and I made it fun for me. Yeah, it sounds psychotic, I know, but like I said, this is my experience and this is how I've dealt with it. So when I noticed my foreman was, was, I couldn't understand him. Man, I was damn near kissing him. I mean, it was fucking beautiful. I stopped. I literally looked him dead in the eye. I took a deep breath. It's okay. Can you repeat that for me again? And just like that, I could understand him again. I was still stressed, I was still freaking the fuck out, but I had calmed myself just enough by one breath. In that breath, I focused on nothing but positivity coming in. <sighs> Happiness, good thoughts, good vibrations, good feelings, good healings all coming in. <sighs> and when I exhaled, lack of understanding, self-doubt, self-sabotage, anything negative and I pushed it all out and it calmed me down that was something actually I was looking forward to practicing because breath work is is so it's it's in everything when you're thinking you're breathing when you're fucking you're breathing when you're eating other than when you're swallowing you're breathing everything you do you're breathing and I have loosely studied various breath works and how they correlate with your body as to what you're doing with meditation, yoga, exercise, so on and so forth. I wanted to get to the point where I could actually in one breath at least calm myself just enough to think clearly and put myself, ground myself essentially, ground myself back in the moment with no attachment to it to then be able to help continue calming myself down. And I was so fucking happy that I had this opportunity to calm myself down. It's okay. Can you explain that to me again? I spent the next three hours allowing this panic freak out thing happen. It was beautiful because I was not attached to it. I felt the fear of God, the fear of the world ending. I was going to die. Everything was so fucked. I mean, oh my God, the world was fucking done. I felt the dread. I mean, anybody that's ever had an anxiety attack, they'll, you can fucking relate to that. Utter despair. Complete fucking despair. 
but I was not attached to it because I was not going to allow myself to convince myself that just because I had this feeling of dread and fear and all this bullshit, I was not going to allow myself to attach to that emotion just because I feel it. So now that I understood that, all it was was literally just a thought of negativity, an emotion that I felt for absolutely no reason, and I wasn't going to tolerate it. So what you do when you do that is you allow the shit to come in you, but you don't allow yourself to be attached to it so that way when it does go, it fucking goes and you're not stuck with it. What I found out was I was dealing, I was repressing emotions uh, over various different things. I had daddy issues that I was working on. I had um, relationship issues at the time. I'd started, or yeah, started dating a woman, and there was a lot of things that in myself, not anything to do with her, in myself I was ignoring. I did not realize the extent of how bad I was ignoring these things till this panic attack happened. You can control panic attacks. But they come from a, it's, 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 you can't bottle your emotions and that's what it is. It's a panic attack because there's so much shit in that bottle, it's trying to escape. That's what it comes from. But it is, it is centered around distracted living. You smoke. It comes to a point where it's actually subconscious. You know, you'll find yourself smoking. Oh, yeah, okay, whatever. I'm a smoker, no biggie. Okay, well, why the fuck were you smoking? Oh, well, it's just habit. Nope, motherfucker. Let's, let's take the, the physical aspect out of this. Why were you smoking? Re- what were you feeling? Oh, I wasn't feeling anything. Okay, let me rephrase that. What were you ignoring? Well, I wasn't ignoring anything. No, 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 no. Keep digging. You see, Distracted living is more than just in the cigarettes. It's in how we walk, how we breathe, how we live life. You know, it's it's your health, your diet. You know, I experienced actually, I wouldn't call it a panic attack, but I felt, I mean, it, it took me about a half hour to realize what was going on. And, and that's when I was like, oh shit, I need to, oh fuck. I need to sit the fuck down and figure this out. I actually had one today is what it was. Uh, and it was actually due to diet. Um, I had forgotten that when I got up this morning, I ate a big bowl of oatmeal with a shit ton of sugar that I should not have had. Completely forgot about it. And then two hours later when I'm bouncing off the fucking walls and not getting anything done. I want to do something, but I don't know what I want to do. I do the whole jittery fucking thing. I was freaking the fuck out for about a half hour in my head because it's like, what? why do I feel like this? What in the fuck is going on? And I finally calmed myself down and I was like, oh, fuck, yeah, okay. That's why my emotions, my emotions were in check. It's just they were all over the place. My thoughts were in check. They were just all over the place. And by in check, I was not attached to them. They were just everywhere. I could see the sadness. I could see the happiness, the anger, 
you know, I could see all these different things, but I was not attached to any one of them. Whereas normally in the past, I would have easily attached to probably anger or depression or sadness and ran with that one. Whereas I'm just in this moment like, woo, there's a bunch of shit spinning around inside me right now. What in the fuck? took a breath, I calmed down, and that's when I remembered, oh fuck, that's right, I had a shit ton of sugar, and then I had to remember, why did I eat that, but when I started thinking about it, it was more than just because I was hungry, I could have went another four or five hours without food, not only health-wise, my body would have been able to handle it, but I didn't need it, so then my question to myself was, why did I eat? Contrary to my small size, I am a used to be a very emotional eater. Would eat if I was angry, eat if I was pissed, eat if I was horny, happy, depressed, sad, on the go, sitting still. I would fucking eat my emotions. So when I started thinking about why did I eat, especially the way I ate this morning, well, I boiled it down. You know, personally, or in my personal life, there are things that I do as far as routine throughout my day. And I completely ignored a few of them. And my subconscious was telling me that. My conscience was completely, not conscience, my conscious was completely walking away from it. And I did not realize it. Henceforth, eating unhealthy, sugar buzz from fuck, and then poof, spinning me a little bit out of control. Distracted living comes from many things. You allow yourself to think thoughts to distract from the real thoughts that would actually help understand yourself better. Instead, it's easier to focus on what the Joneses are doing because they have a brand new shiny fucking car. It's easier to understand or think about that fucking, the drama bullshit where you work because it allows you to escape the drama bullshit that you are not dealing with at your house. Thoughts become things, but most importantly, your thoughts also distract yourself from creating better things in your life. Distracted living is exactly that, distracted living. To focus on self is the most selfless act any human being on this planet can actually make. To become selfless, you have to be selfish. This conversation and I, my brother, had the other day. I love talking to him because it is a form of epic depth that I... I don't really get to experience in the physical realm around me where I'm at right now. So to talk to him, it's, it's literally a fucking treat. What came out of my mouth was, when you're born, you have absolutely nothing in this life. No physical possessions, no clothes, no nothing. You can't even take care of yourself. But, when you're born, you have Every fucking thing you need to live life. Now, if you sit and think about that, why will you not allow yourself to believe that you have the answers to your life? It also goes into the hero syndrome. 
You want somebody to save your own ass. And you don't want to hold yourself accountable to the fact that you can save your own ass. Also, that's where distracted living comes from. Self-sabotaging ways, psychologically sabotaging ways, all keeping you from understanding the greater truth of you can change your life. You just have to hold yourself accountable, give yourself credit, don't allow yourself to bullshit yourself and understand that you can change things even if you don't know how to change things. You know, every, life is the perfect example of that. Nobody knows how to live life. Yes, we have perceptions of what we think people or who we think these people are that can live life. You know, rich and famous and philosophical and religious and scientific. No, your expectations are feeding you lies of bullshit. Nobody in this world knows how to fucking live life. Nobody. Nobody. Yet every day, every single person, including you, you beautiful motherfucker, get up and you go about living. You think you know how to do it because you're going to the same job, you're going to make the same amount of money, you're going to pay the same amount of bills, you're going to have the same amount of sex, eat the same amount of food, have the same amount of happiness, the same amount of bullshit... No, 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 no. You're just putting yourself on a distracted cycle so you don't have to face yourself to better yourself. Nobody knows how to live life. That's the most beautiful part about it. Yet most people, statistically speaking, are absolutely petrified to live the lives they truly want because of distracted living. Oh, well, I have a spouse or... Oh, well, I have this job, or oh, I'm in this location, or oh, this excuse, and oh, that bullshit reason. The truth is, is you don't want to call yourself out and accept 100% accountability for how your life is, which is fucking beautiful, but you don't want to hold yourself accountable because that does mean certain people are going to have to be excluded from your life changes. Certain things are going to have to be excluded from your life changes. People don't like admitting the fact that they themselves have truly 100% put themselves in the life they have. And they also know that they can fucking change it. Distracted living is something that fucks over far too many human beings. I was one of them. The more you know yourself, and it's only through knowing yourself... Will you then be able to understand or be able to be awakened to, or yeah, be awakened to how distracted you were and how to go without being distracted? I love you, motherfuckers. I truly appreciate your time and listening on this. I truly appreciate all your guys' support. Head on over to anchor.fm forward slash Bear. Hit that support button. All proceeds go right back into Anchor, right back into my social sites. All to further my reach, to be able to share my experience with you guys, to be able to help every single buddy grow. I love you guys. You guys are fucking epic. Don't you ever motherfucking forget that. Be awesome and stay awesome.